I remember growing up um, with my brothers um, when I was younger, they at one point would stop laughing at my jokes and I started crying, man. I was, I was, I was so sad because they wouldn't laugh at my jokes. I wasn't funny anymore. And, um, you know, so I, I realized that might have been the end of my comedy career. Hip Hop Hustle Podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. Oh, don't crack me with the guitar. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle Podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle Podcast. What's up with it? All right, there we go. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I'm extremely excited about my next guest. Uh, not a usual guest for the Hip Hop Hustle podcast because uh, the person I'm speaking to today, Kofi B, and you'll see him on uh, his YouTube channel as well, Kofi B Music, um, is has come through today. Um, I, I've read, I've seen people to say your last name and I've decided not to have a go at it myself. So I'm going to let you say yourself, but Kofi B came through um, amazing musician um, has done some incredible things already in your career and many things to go, but two time Emmy award nominated uh, musician. Um, You've been accepted to jazz music schools at the age of 15 um, you've done some amazing things. I also watched uh, your documentary, got 11-minute documentary on YouTube as well, and it kind of just highlights all the amazing things that you've done. Um, but, man, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Dude, it's great to be here. I'm glad we could make this happen, and uh, I'm glad you didn't say my last name. That, that was a good move. Good move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, I've learned enough from speaking to artists that even their artist name, I fuck up completely so um it's bound to happen so i know that like i can understand that i'm gonna make mistakes yeah i mean i go by my my last initial because my last name is buache um so for some people they'll never understand how to pronounce that even if i tell them 20 times so um you know the first name was just a struggle to get people to understand for years so now they get kofi at least so i just i left it at the beat I left it at the B. Kofi is not that complicated, though. You'd be surprised, man. You're, wh- where are you located again? Um, Australia, down in Melbourne. In Australia. See, here in America, for some reason, these people out here, they don't get it. They don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they don't get it. I'm, I, my father is actually from Ghana um, in West Africa, so um, his side of the family um, you know, is very much so understanding of how to pronounce my name, of course. But then my mother's side... Um, is really based here in, in my hometown of Akron, Ohio. Um, and, you know, a lot of her friends didn't get it. They didn't get it. <laughs> so what do they say instead? You say, I'm sorry, what did you say? What do they say instead? Like, how did they oh, pronounce what? it? Man, okay. So it depends. I've gotten a lot. I've gotten a lot. And it's weird because it's only four letters. So I'm like, how can you really mess it up that much? Um, the, the common one is always coffee. And that was the one growing up I always got. Uh, everybody like substitute teachers in middle school. They'd always you know look at the name coffee, and you knew I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming, and then all the kids would always laugh, and you know it, it would it would always be some type of interesting thing. Yeah, and you always have to be like, no, it's not coffee. Like just but just that, at that resigned. Point, 
it got to the point to where everybody else was starting to correct her. Like every substitute teacher, they were just they were like, "It's Kofi!" Like right before it happened. So it was funny. It was funny. <laughs> well, the good news is that for the most part, hopefully, uh, people don't get that wrong anymore. I'm sure you probably change it literally when you're just ordering stuff. It's not worth it. Um, like I've used names like Ben, even though Aaron is not very complicated. I got Adam, Alan. I've had people like on the phone respond to me in emails, literally go, thanks, Adam. And I'm like, my name is right there. Yeah, no, that I do. I use different names all the time, especially now being in my hometown with, with things kind of going a little crazy on the social media stuff. I don't want everybody knowing that I'm everywhere. So I'll, I use a lot of Kyle's, a lot of a lot of Corey's, a lot, a lot of that. Yeah. So how does it feel now seeing a, a huge jump in terms of like, because you've been doing this for a long time and I'm sure where yeah. you're at right now is almost unfathomable for you as a kid. So how does it feel to um, see the success now? Yeah. I mean, I still know I have a long way to go, but you know, living in the moment is, is difficult when you're really trying to push and grind and do it yourself. Um, I would say starting off, man, everybody looks in, at the story now and they're like, wow, you just, you just went viral overnight. And, you know, cause I had a video that went viral on social media and that kind of catapulted and everything that was going on this summer for me. And I keep telling people, I'm like, no, I didn't go viral overnight. It's just that you saw it overnight. This has been 10 years in the works, you know. I'm 22, but I, you know, I'll be 23 on Saturday, actually. Um, but I realized early on that I needed to put the work in. And so a lot of my um, peers, when they were, you know, when we were growing up, they were looking at me like I was crazy because everybody was getting these jobs when I was in high school, right? Everybody was getting a job at Subway or Burger King or McDonald's and they're like, well, what do you do, Kofi? And I'm like, well, I do music. And they were like, oh, they were looking at me like I was just like beneath them because for some reason a piano it just is just not as good as McDonald's um, at that time. Now I, I would disagree, but you know, at the time I just really wanted to build something. I really wanted to build something and I knew it would take time. Um, you know, growing up, I got bullied because I was doing music and I wasn't doing anything else. Like I was playing basketball in high school, but one time I broke my finger and I was like, I can't, you know, ball is life, but music is my career. I can't, can't really sacrifice, uh, you know, the journey and what I'm trying to get to. So um, it, it was a lonely path growing up, I think, because I was trying to do this by myself. And I, I only had myself around me growing up in a small city like Akron, Ohio. But, um, you know, I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world. This journey has been incredible. And I mean, what I'm doing right now is unbelievable. And I'm, I'm just trying to grow it, man, more and more. You know, and I got thousands of people that are looking up to me now. And it's, it's a dope feeling for sure. So interesting because when I look at careers and like I look at music and I had the same thing and from people around me and even myself where I was like, what are you studying at school? Oh, it's music man, do you want to be homeless? Do you want to not have uh, a job? Do you want to not like be stable? And to a certain extent, being stable is not part of that career trajectory. But to a another extent, it's like, you're right. Why is it that going and working at McDonald's or going to work at Subway or whatever it is, why is that preferred? Because it feels like it's just the forced pathway of like, 
go to a shit place to work, learn how to become a worker bee, and then go get a job. Whereas I feel I've always felt artists kind of break free of that kind of forced, already preset path. Yeah, and I think for me also growing up in my household, I was just around two older brothers that um, were self-driven, um, so they never really um had that mentality growing up and being the youngest of three i saw that ingrained within my system by the time i was a teenager so i saw my brothers starting businesses and doing things while they were in high school and doing all this stuff and you know now fast tracking and now like that's all i know like I, i've never had a, a traditional nine to five i think the closest that i've ever had to doing that um was being an usher at a theater Back when I was 13 and I was working with these these 80 year olds, they were they were amazing. Though I tell you, it was one of the best moments of my life was working with um, those older individuals because it taught me a lot. And and I was also I was in the theaters. I was meeting all these different artists and stuff in my local uh, theater back here in Akron. Um, but but long story short, yeah, I mean I think it's something that is is really built from within. I think people don't um, they don't want to test that that boundary because it's scary. I mean it's not if you're like you said it's not stable, especially as a creative. Um, it's not something that is uh, promised or, or given to us, but you know, I believe that if you continue to keep that main thing, the main thing, I think if you put your focus 100% toward anything in life, um, there's no way you couldn't be successful in it. I, I just, I don't see that being um, a possibility to me. Yeah, I think you're right. It's definitely, it's like time and effort, and it's like, Absolutely. and it's consistency. And I think that's the underrated thing. Like like you said, people assume that you just blew up overnight and you yeah. said it was, you've been doing this for over 10 years. So like, I think we're attracted to the easy success story, the easy win, the quick win, because it feels like you can blame something for not getting it because it's like, oh, it wasn't meant to be. I tried it. I played piano for three weeks and I haven't become amazing yet. And then, oh, yeah. well, I'll never be like Kofi. And then that's it. And then they give up. Yeah. And I feel like it's a little bit of like a cop-out. We give us, ourselves these excuses. I've done it with plenty of other things. But then, I don't know, for whatever reason, this is what clicked for me and was like, all right, time and consistency is the most important thing. And you will get better over time. You, will, you just got to start and never stop. Absolutely. I agree with you. You're absolutely right. Do you remember some of the stories the older gentleman had at the theater? Is there anything that sticks out? Um, well, I mean, being at the theater when I was younger, it was so it was more than just, you know, one older person I was working with. I mean, I was I was working with um, I mean, just people that had grandchildren that could have been my my father or my my mom. Like it, it was it was so it really wasn't conversations we were having. I think it was just more so appreciating the fact that I am spending my time with people that are truly appreciating life right now. And I think that at an age like being 13 or 14 was, was really cool because it wasn't like we were getting paid. It was a volunteer usher job at um, the Akron Civic Theater. It was a local theater back in my hometown. Um, and it was just cool to be around them because their mentalities weren't the same that my peers were having. Everybody else was stressed about their calculus exams and stuff. And meanwhile, these older people are worried about 
they're not worried about anything really. They're just sitting there enjoying the moment. And um, I think it allowed me to just be more relaxed when it comes to understanding, don't sweat the small stuff. Life is, is very short, but it's precious. And appreciate every day you get because every day is a gift. And, um, you know, I think even now, like I'm, my birthday, like I said, is coming up uh, this Saturday. It's the first time I've really tried to acknowledge it because um, I've been working like for so long and I have never thought about the fact that, wow, I'm about to be 23. And, you know, like, like I said, this age and this year for me was so crazy with everything happening. Um, I could have never imagined it happening. So I'm really trying to just sit back and like embrace um, the journey. I think that's the biggest thing. And, and just trying to like take these things that I've learned from, you know, working at the theater when I was younger and, you know, micro city tour that I've been, that I've been doing and just, you know, the viral videos here and there and just appreciate the work that I put in, man. Like it's, it's, it's been a, a hell of a journey, man. And I'm excited to see what's next with it. Have you seen a shift within yourself over the past 12 months? I know things have changed for you in terms of mm -hmm. recognition wise and people are seeing, you know, your, your skill, the effort, all the time that you've put in, but have you acknowledged anything internally that's shifted? Um, there's a lot of reassurance within what I'm, what I'm capable of. Uh, there are things that I believe that I could do that I wasn't too sure of, but then when you get that opportunity to get that, um, that recognition or, or get that approval, I guess. And, you're, and the, I think the journey and, and when you're doing this, you, you know, people always say, I don't care what other people think, blah, 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 blah. But that's just, that's some BS. Everybody has a, a feeling for what someone else has to say about them. And so to see that the public consensus about my, my artistry wasn't just, oh, he's a jazz piano player. I mean, this was getting mainstream, um, you know, attention for a lot of the content that I was making. It made me feel like, wow, what I'm doing can, can be global. It can be something that's bigger than um, the state that I live in or the, or the country that I live in. I mean, I got people and kids from all across the world reaching out saying they're inspired by what I'm doing and everything like that. And I think that motivated me to just realize there's no reason to stop now. I think at this point, if I were to stop doing what I'm doing, I look dumb. I look stupid. Like there's, there's no reason that I could ever stop now because I'm inspiring too many people. And those people's stories are inspiring me. I mean, I'm not, I'm human. I have moments where I don't feel like I, I, I can do it today. Like oh, I feel sluggish sometimes. But then I think about it and I'm like, man, there's that one kid that just sent me that email the other day that said that, you know, I'm the reason why he's able to continue doing music or I'm the reason why he's, you know, trying to work hard at this. Or, you know, I get messages from mothers and daughters and sons and dads. And that is what's like bigger than all this. Um, so I don't have to play another note, but if I can find another way to inspire someone, I think that's what matters. And that's what I've learned. And then from a personal perspective, I've learned how to really just appreciate my time and realize I can't waste it on certain things and certain people. Um, certain people don't deserve certain energy. Um, and, you know, especially when, you know, things start to, to grow, people start to change and then they'll hit you with, a, oh, you changed and you were this and you were that. And so you get that a lot. Um, I've got, I, <laughs> this tour has taught me a lot. Um, this summer has taught me a lot about people and no matter the age, everybody has a potential to be pretty childish. Sometimes I've learned that for sure. 
see, it's so interesting when you also mention that, you know, the people that you knew or the people that were around you say, oh, you've changed. When, Mm -hmm. like, I hear it so often. Every artist I speak to is almost saying the exact same thing. And I always, I wonder what it is about people and about kind of the human condition that, like, makes, like, your success should make the people around you feel good. It should make them inspired. It should make them feel like it's possible. But then that doesn't happen and they want to bring you down. I've always wondered why. Like, yeah, it's just such a strange thing to me. You know what's crazy? Um, It's funny you mention that. So I was looking at my analytics the other day. And, and, you know, I get I get comments all the time. Like everybody, there's a lot of people that are you know positive, whatever, and get some haters or whatever. I think every for the most part, if I had to put it like a percentage on it, 95 percent of any negative message I've ever gotten on my social media has come from middle aged men. Middle aged men. And so I had to think about it. And most of my my issues that I've had have been with middle aged men, like just, you know, any type of dispute or something. And I was like, man, maybe it's one of those feelings of like uh, uh, a different form of imposter syndrome or a different form of just feeling like, um, you know, I'm doing something they wish they could have done at my age. And, you know, that's what I thought. I don't know the solution, but I feel like feel like I'm getting to it. I don't know what's going. I don't know what it is, but um, it's been a theme. If there's anybody that really if there's a person that doesn't like me or something. It's usually somebody. It's like a. It's like an old man or some somebody's dad or uncle that that has some issue with something. I don't know what they. I don't know what's wrong with them. They just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I actually think that is a great point that you bring up. That a lot of people see your success as a representation of what they could have done. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why though. <laughs> Well, I think I mean, because you can't ask, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. Um, I think it's like maybe they had the dream to be the person you are now. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. I, I could see that. I just think that they should, uh, you know, appreciate that as opposed to, um, cast a dispersion or a hate on it or, you know, whatever the case may be. Cause I don't understand it, you know. I don't get it, but not for me to understand. Yeah, and probably better not to understand anyway because absolutely there are always going to be people who hate and in the same way there are going to be people who love it and you're better off focusing on those than on the negativity. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Do you have any, like, do you have a comment or an email or a response from someone who is affected by music that stands out for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I get a lot of them really, I I try not to look at my, my social media comments like that much. I I know I mentioned that I've seen a couple here and there. I think that was early on when I was, um, you know, really just trying to push the, you know, the social media, um, path. But now when I'm doing these live shows, you'll have people that come up to me and I, I don't think I'll forget this one ever because this was in Yonkers, New York. Um, I did a show. This woman came up to me and she said, my husband just passed away um, last week. And 
the music you are playing is the music that we would listen to, you know, when we were on our date nights. And she said, I'll never forget that. Um, and it's so funny because then in that same moment, I had another older woman that was trying to get a picture with me, but I was so focused on talking to this woman, you know, she got so mad and she was like, well, he don't want to take a picture with me. She had no idea that this woman was pouring her heart out to me and telling me about how much this music had impacted her life. And I think in moments like that, that's where like it triggers my mind to really have a filter, um, to really understand like, you know, this is bigger than me. Like, this is bigger than how she feels because I, I'm not going to take a picture with this other woman, whatever. And so I, I'm focusing on the here and now with this woman telling me that my music is is bringing a healing to her life, which is something that you don't hear much as a as an artist. You don't get that moment to really internalize that, especially when you're doing social media content. So when you're when you're live in person with someone, those are the moments that I cherish. Um, you know, comments are great. But, you know, you don't ever sense genuine. I can't tell what, what's genuine and what's not genuine from text. But when you see somebody in person, you know, face to face, those are the moments you won't ever forget. It must have been quite an emotional moment, like, because she's coming to you with emotion. You're probably not even prepared for anything like that. And then to receive something in such a... And, and at such a moment where you're also on a high, you've been playing music, you're interacting with fans. Do you remember how you felt emotionally at that point? Um, I think it was just a mix. It was a whirlwind, I think. You know, you're in a moment, like you said, where you're just not expecting to hear that. Um, I, I kind of conditioned myself to hear the, you know, the, you're, you did great, you sound amazing, we enjoyed it. You know, and not to say that those are not important comments, it's just that you hear it so much, you kind of just grow numb to that feeling. But when you have a person that like grabs you and tells you like, you know, something personal and you don't even know that person, you know, you know, they just know you, um, your humanity kicks in a lot more. And um, I think it was just a moment where um, I could just relate to, to feeling healing through music because that's been my life in a nutshell, you know, finding healing through the music that I'm making and that I'm doing and um, seeing that it, impact in her life like that was really special yeah it, it's it's awesome to see that it's bigger than you and like you said it gives you continued motivation to keep going whether it be you know specifically in music but to keep trying to impact people's lives what i've wondered since for a little while with you is like because your mom mentions in your documentary that you used to have like a church set up at home and mm-hmm. you would yeah. you would entertain the family and then they would slowly disappear and you would continue entertaining yourself and practicing in a way. Yeah. At at that time, do you remember what it was that inspired you to do it and to to keep going? Um there wasn't there wasn't anything. I, I just I think I was just born to do this. You know, some people are just, they just have that thing. Um, and for me, I just liked to, I'd like to entertain people. And even if that person was myself, I would, I would entertain me because like, it just, it was just fun to me. Um, I never looked at it as like a job or as a, you know, I gotta do this or, you know, I want people, they gotta, you know, do this. I remember growing up um, with my brothers um, when I was younger, they 
at one point would stop laughing at my jokes and I started crying, man. I was, I was, I was so sad because they wouldn't laugh at my jokes. I wasn't funny anymore. And, um, you know, so I, I realized that might've been the end of my comedy career. Um, but after I, you know, dusted myself off a couple of years later, I started making them laugh again. And I was like, okay, we, we might be, we might be on the road to do something, but I don't know. That entertainment bug was always with me, man. Always. So were you just speaking at that time? Yeah, I wasn't even playing piano. Um, I was I was speaking and then I was also dancing. So I took dance lessons when I was younger. And the dance lessons were really cool and the recitals were even cooler because I would completely go off script. I would do I would do the dance routine, but then like I would always add something at the end of my uh, routine. Like I would go, like you know the music would end, they clap, I you know like we leave. But then if I was in a group dance, I would be the only person to run back out, and then I would give my own bow because for some reason I felt like everybody needed to see me do that to for them to understand like hey you you saw that you saw me dancing. <laughs> I don't know why though. I don't know why. I was a kid. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I still have that where I want to make everyone around me laugh all the time. Like, and, yeah. and so my middle brother, I got two younger brothers. So you're the youngest of three. I'm the eldest of three brothers. Um, mm. And my middle brother is now at the point in his life where he's like, that's not your best. And, and so he's always like, you can do better than, than that joke. And then he's like, that's a good joke. That you got me that time, and it's just now for whatever reason there's something in me that's like, oh, I want to, I want to get the praise of like that's a good joke all the time, and so I'm always yeah. trying to make him laugh, and I think he gets quite frustrated because it's like I'm just searching all day for the joke. But you can't search for it, man. You gotta let it happen. You gotta let it happen. But it's like training the mind, you know. It's like I'm. It's like. I know there's something there, and then I'm like, oh, I wonder if and and he sees me as like, what are you thinking? And I'm just trying to find like where the joke could be. I've always thought I could be a stand-up comedian, except for the fact that I'm not willing to put any of the work in to be a stand-up comedian. So I love the like, idea yeah. of of like the crowd and everyone finding me funny, but like I love stand-up comedy and I love following comedians. But the mm-hmm. things that they have to do to be successful, I know I'm not prepared to do. And so I'm I'm well aware of like, I love it, I appreciate it, and it has made me go, I don't want to give up. I don't want to travel. I don't want to bomb. I don't want to do this for 10 years for no reward. And so it's kind of, I don't know, it's weird. It's like sad but also good that I have that realization in me. Um, I'd much rather do this for 10 years like without yeah. a doubt i feel it i feel it that's so funny when you said like you you want to be that that person but you don't necessarily want to do the work for it it's like that's pretty much the nutshell for a lot of people <laughs> it <wouldn't>, yeah yeah <laughs> i i feel like like it's like i know the potential is there but i think i'm at that point in my life that it's like i don't want it enough like I'm just I'm just trying to plan. I'd I'd if my fr- if my friends were like, hey, just do like a, a open mic. I'd probably do an open mic. I don't have any pre written jokes or anything like that. But I think like knowing where you're willing to put in the work is important so that you can focus on something. And 
I think a lot of people struggle to find something that they're willing to focus on. I agree. I agree with that a lot. And, and yes, you're right. You're right. <laughs> How did your family react to you when it came to your intent pursuit of creativity? Um, I don't know. I think my mom... If you ask my mom, see, my mom always jokes around and says that she thinks that me and my my two older brothers came out of the womb like programmed or already like we already like just knew what we were doing. <laughs> so um, for the most part, I would say that my family, um, they there we have a creative family as a whole. So I don't think they really looked at it as anything different. Um, I think, you know, even now, I don't think that my family looks at me as like a anomaly. Um, I think everybody is just, we've just been an artistic household an artistic family since I've known, you know, like that's all I know is like, I mean, now I'm the only one that does music in my family. Nobody else has done it. And I didn't like grow up with, you know, people that did music like that around me. But as far as with just creating and doing things really fun, I mean, that's, that's been, that's been the theme of our family. And I think, you know, growing up in Akron, Ohio, um, you know, in the, in the inner city, we had to find a lot of ways to just be creative with everything, just daily things, you know? Um, so I think that just, it's just a natural thing for me at this point. I mean, what, what I find really amazing about part of your story is, you know, when your father left you and your family and mm-hmm. you were homeless for a period and your yeah. your mom's ability to still foster the creativity that you and your brothers had is amazing to me because at, at times it would probably feel like that would be the easiest thing to cut away. But to be able to, you know, hold it together and keep you all kind of on that path and you can see that in your continued journey is really inspiring and not only for me but i'm sure for a lot of people yeah um my mom is a a woman that i don't understand because there's so many different things that i i would think the regular person would just you know crack on but for some reason she's She's like, I don't know. She might be a metahuman. I'm not too sure. I have to, I have to, <laughs> to check on that one. But um, no, but she's amazing. And I, we wouldn't be doing this talk right now if it wasn't for her. Um, I mean, there's sacrifices that, that she does even now that people don't know about, which is fine. I think she wants it to be that way. Um, but, you know, things growing up, I mean, talk about working in three jobs, four jobs. Um, I was, you know, playing at this little mall um, to raise money to go to a school trip in middle school. And, you know, she would work third shifts. So she would, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a sleep shift. So she'd go to work early in the morning, like, you know, work that nine to five, come back home, do another type of job. Then she'd work at night from like, whatever, 10 o'clock till eight in the morning. And then that morning we'd go to the mall. So she, she'd, you know, get her rest in the car while I'm inside playing a piano and trying to entertain people inside of a mall that had this grand piano. And I was just trying to get some tips so I could, um, you know, earn money to go to my school trip. Um, that's the type of woman she is though. And I think, you know, if we had to run it back again, I think we would, she'd do the same exact thing. 
Um, there's not a lot of people like like her in my in my life that I've I've ever met. Um, she's she's a special woman though. I, I I don't know. I don't really have the words yet to describe her to other people. People always they don't even see her. That's the thing because I'm always I'm always out and doing things, and then they'll never see my mom. I think some people think I don't have one, um, <laughs> and I have to then like you know, when they see her, I think that's more of a, that's more of a compliment than it is. Like, it's never an insult because the fact that she's raised me to be independent that way. I mean, I was 14, 15, 16, you know, moving like, like a, like a grown man in, in a lot of situations. And that's because she, she, um, you know, gave us some values early on that, that set the tone for what we're all doing and still doing now, me and my two older brothers. It's interesting that you say you don't understand her though. Well, I mean, how could you? I mean, I, there, there is no, there is no, how can you understand any parent, any mother that has sacrificed like that? Um, that's a different mental capacity, right? I mean, I, I'm right. I am a father of none right now. So I would never understand um, what that, that, that feeling of nurturing a child is like right now. But um, I know that if, you know, it's it's weird because I feel like as you, as I'm getting older, um, my grandmother is uh, she just turned eighty, and I feel that not a not a I just feel that care like that level of care. I mean, my grandmother is also we also need to I'm telling you we might need to check in our family for like if we're some meta humans or something because she's also like eighty years old and she's like moving like she's like forty. It's weird, um, you know. But she's a person that I I will. I, don't do any you can do whatever you want to do to me say whatever you want to say about me but don't don't mess with my grandmother like that's that the love i have and the care that i have for that woman now as i've grown older i guess i can understand it like a little bit from a parental value from like what that care feeling feels like but i still don't i still don't understand my mom (laughs) yeah maybe you're right maybe it won't be until you are a parent that you'll fully understand your own parents probably and then i'll look back and i'll be like oh man you you should have i I get why you did this i get why you didn't do that we'll probably have a conversation like that soon well i always find it interesting to talk to my my babushka my grandmother as well like because the the separation in our generations and the experience that she went through versus the experience that i'm going through right now it's like we grew up on a different world. Like it just mm. is so different. She grew up in Russia. She, you know, was there during like the Cold War era, communist era, um, and then came to Australia with nothing. And just understanding the what life would have been like during that period is like just unfathomable in a way. Like I try as much as I can to like, put myself in the scenario and it like she came here with a hundred dollars in her pocket and two kids not speaking English. And I'm just like that there are countless stories like that, that we never know about because we never ask. And so it reminds me of when you were saying, you know, when you were working as an usher, just being around those people, it's a different energy. It's like Mm -hmm. they've lived this whole life and most of us will never know their stories, but it just makes me wonder all the amazing things that people have experienced. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
it, it floors me, man. Just then I think that's the energy I try to surround myself around older individuals. It's been that way since I was, you know, a kid. I just wanted to be around adults. You know, even when I was in preschool, like we would be on the playground, or but um, I would go inside and, and sip grape juice with the the teachers because I just I, I don't know why, but I just wanted to. I got along with them more, um, and I just you know I really enjoyed that. So you know, I think what's so funny, man, is seeing life come full circle in a lot of different ways. Is it's like nothing to me is not a, is a surprise, you know, because I, I feel like I've been doing this before, but now it's just at a different stage, um, you know. So, like you said, working with the ushers was a different stage of it, but I was doing that, you know, working with older people when I was four years old, you know, in the preschool side of things. And then now I'm older and I got a, you know, I got a production company, I got a staff of people that I'm working with and they're all older. So it's it's really full circle. And, um, but I mean, it's really cool. It's really cool. Speaking of cool, I saw that you met Barack Obama. I did not meet Barack oh, Obama. No, I, I didn't meet him, but I, I received an award um, from the White House while he was you know, tenured as president here in the United States. Um, and that was a cool moment. I did get a letter um, from him and it was you know, signed and everything. And that was, that was a cool moment. Um, it was an education award, so it was outside of music. And um, yeah, it's just really cool to just have those type of moments in, in your memory bank because um, education for me is, is my priority. I've, I've always preached that, you know, before there was music, there was me being in school and, 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 you know, trying to figure out how to get an A on this test and, you know, pass this class and do the different things like that. You know, I graduated high school as valedictorian and things like that. So, um, Education was always important to me. And so moments like that are just a reminder uh, to not only myself, but just any kid that looks up to me that, that you know, keeping the main thing, the main thing is very important. And school is that main thing for many students and many peers that are in high school. So just make that, make that a priority for sure. It's interesting that you talk about education and school and that that's a priority for you because I speak to a lot of hip hop artists and they talk about the opposite. And there are some extremely successful hip-hop artists who talk about the opposite. And so I wonder what it is about, like, you know, hip-hop in general that pushes, like, the without the need for school. And obviously you're, you're quite intelligent. Um, and I think more as a being, I'm not just saying, like, in terms of education, the way you express yourself is thought out and like all the things that we've talked about as much as my show is not pre-written, it feels like you've thought about these things before um, in the, in the way that you express yourself. So I always wonder like what it is about certain art forms that push certain things. And I think hip hop interestingly doesn't really push for education in school. They push for just like going for your dreams. Right. Um, well, I will say this. I don't believe that education is just in school. Um, and if I think if that was the case, I probably we probably we wouldn't be having this this call either because I would have still been in college. Um, you know, I, I when I was first starting off this journey, I was, you know, um, attending Berkeley College of Music in Boston. Um, and, you know, I was on a goal to fundraise to get back when the 2020 pandemic hit. I was 
I kind of lost all the funds that I had raised and crowdfunded to, to go to the school because I had to switch from schooling to survival. And, um, you know, so I was fundraising and fundraising and fundraising and fundraising. And then, you know, 2021 hit or 2022 hits this beginning of this year. And uh, then I went viral on social media and it kind of switched the vibe of maybe the school thing isn't what the focus should be right now, because um, the whole point of me going to Berkeley College of Music was so I could build connections and resources and then well, I'm I'm building it because these people that have these whatever blue checks or whatever you want to call them, these industry people, these executives, they're following me now. So I'm like, this defeats the purpose of going back to school. And they weren't even giving me money to go back to school anyway. So I'm like, and I wasn't fundraising enough money. I mean, Berkeley's damn near 80000 a year. Like, I'm not going to, I can't afford that. Um, not, not with what I was fundraising. There's no way. So um I switched, I switched the focus. I switched the focus to just investing in myself. And that education um, was built from the experiences that I had in life, I think. And now, you know, depending more on that than what what a class taught me. Um, so I understand what hip hop artists are saying when they're saying they didn't make school their priority and things like that. But at the same time, um, they're, listen, I think schooling is important because you need to know how to add. Because if you want to make money in this world, you got to know what two plus two equals at least. So um, maybe they're they're being a little uh, lighthearted with the education side of things, but I do believe some most, some at least most can 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 do some basic math. I mean, it's important to to at least have a little bit of understanding behind what we're doing because this is bigger than just music. I mean, so I get that it's hip hop or or whatever the case may be, but this is a business at the end of the day, um, you know, and if you don't know how to do whatever you're doing, you, if you don't have the education, then somebody else will. And sometimes that can hurt or help you depending on who you're around and the people that you're with. Um, growing up for me, knowing that a lot of people don't believe in the path that I've been on, that I've been successful in, I had to learn a lot of things about myself. So um, for me, education was the way out of that. Um, but I'll never sit here and tell somebody, you have to get a degree, you have to do this now. I just think that if you're in high school, try to do well in school. It'll, it'll set you forward a little bit better than, than most people because not everybody's gonna be a famous hip hop artist or gonna be a famous R&B singer or whatever the case may be. And, um, and if you think you are and you go to school for it and then you realize you're not, well, then you're, then you're at a disadvantage. Yeah, that's a whole other thing, but yeah, I mean, the focus shouldn't be education on from a from a you know the focus shouldn't be education if if you're looking at it just from a schooling standpoint. No, I take that back. It's not that it shouldn't be education. What I'm trying to say is schooling isn't the only form of education. You can get it from many different things. Yeah, I think I think the key is also figuring out how you learn, like to to master like you know the the style of education you you learn the best from. Some people it's from like, you know, doing things. Other people it's like from sitting in a classroom. I know classroom learning is not, you know, the best for most people because most people are mm-hmm. like, here, let me try this. Let me make my mistake and let, let, let me try it again. Let me learn from my mistake. Some people learn more from, you know, audio, from visuals. So it is interesting that we still have, obviously, you know, I don't know a better way to do formal education than, than like yeah. – at school but like it obviously doesn't click with a lot of people because it is so much like 
you know, put you in a box and like have to learn. So there's definitely, you know, significant flaws, but I think that basic skill set that you're alluding to is important. If you, especially if you have those dreams of becoming independently successful and and following your own path, you do need a basis of like, you know, being well-spoken, knowing how to interact with people. Um, And especially in music, contracts, you know, it is, as you said, a business, like it is complicated and the people in the business have been doing it for a long time. So it's important not to like start on a back foot. It's important to put yourself in the best position you can when you're taking that journey. Absolutely. I agree with you. Something I noticed when you're playing music is how much fun you're having. Like, mm-hmm. it's is that just the feeling you get when you play music? Like, it's like it, it looks from, from the outside looking in like an out-of-body experience, like you're just really feeling it. But I've always, I, when I saw it, I was like, I wonder how that actually feels in the moment. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Um, I tell people, like, when I'm playing, I feel like nothing can stop me. I feel like I am invincible in a certain, you know, in a sense, because I know the work that I put in just to, to that moment. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a student of the game when it comes to understanding the art form of entertaining. Um, so my biggest thing is I want to have a conversation with you and I want you to understand what I feel. The only way to do that is to emote it out. So, um, you know, I'm, I, I just love it, man. And I think the guys that I play with too are, are just as passionate about what we do. And, and, you know, we play music that feels good. Um, so if it feels good, I'm going to probably say something about it because it's just, that's just you know who i am and um it's exciting the music is exciting the 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 creation the cultivation um you know we we put arrangements together we make original music we just do a lot of different things and we have these high energy shows and you know yeah i mean it's just a rush i mean i think when when you're building um you know from the ground up and you're you're not playing to a, a tracker you know, like, it's just, I don't know. I mean, every everybody entertains differently, but I know that what we're doing is so organic. Um, how could you not have fun up there, man? Yeah. I say, I, I look at you and I'm like, that looks incredibly fun. Like, that looks amazing. And also to feel so confident. Like, and obviously you should be that confident because you put in so much work. But, like, just... And I think it rubs off on the people around you that like you're having an awesome time. And so it's, I can also have an awesome time. Like, I don't know. I think some artists sometimes almost are too cool for school in, in a way. Like they're almost too cool to have too much fun with their own music. Like they're putting on a show, but it's not fun. And I feel like you have that perfect balance of like, it is so much fun. And if you weren't here, I would feel the exact same way that I do right now. Mm, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the thing. I mean, if, if the feeling doesn't come from you and you're depending on other people, like that's just a theme of life. If you're depending on other people to make you happy, you're going to be miserable. Um, so my, my thing has always been, 
I'm doing this for me. I remember I heard a quote from a uh, keyboardist named Corey Henry. And he, he said something about, you know, I, I play what I feel and I, I have to like it first. Like he had to like the music he was playing first before he played it out. Because if he played it and he wasn't feeling it, how could he expect anybody else to? And I think in a nutshell, that's the best way to succinctly describe life. I mean, I'm, I'm going to live life happily to, to, to fulfill myself. And if I can fulfill myself, then I can make other people around me happiness. I mean, you're happy because of my, you know, my, my aura, whatever I'm exuding outwardly. But um, I always say, I'm like, you got to have a little bit of selfishness to, to find success, man. You can't spell success without a you. You got to have a you in there somewhere. Um, you know, so it starts from, from just, you know, enjoying what you do, loving what you do and realizing, like, listen, if you ain't going to dance, I'm going to do it. You know, and then you're just going to look weird. You're going you're gonna to be the only person not dancing. And nobody wants to be that person. So is that your selfishness? that you genuinely love what you do? Yeah. I mean, it's that. And it's also mixed with, I, I love what I do and I love how I do it. I love that it's, that it's unique. I love that it's one of one. I mean, there, I don't, I don't know anybody that's really doing what I'm doing right now, other than, you know, there's another guy who's one of my inspirations named Brian Culberson, but at my age, not many guys doing what I'm doing and, and it's fun. I mean, it's not that I want it to be that exclusive. If there's another dude that plays keys and he's entertaining like that, then my God, then I, I wish him nothing but the best. But, you know, yeah, when you love what you do, I gotta, I, I gotta be selfish about it. I gotta be, because I mean, this isn't, this is all I got. I mean, what else am I going to do? Sit here and resent it and be mad about the fact that I'm not something else? Like, nah, man, I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Like, like being, and, and that's probably what it is that I noticed as well is it's authentically you. Like, it didn't feel like you were pretending to be someone else. It didn't feel like you were putting on a, all right, I'm going to play stage me and then I'm going to get off stage and I'm going to be a completely different person. It felt like that person that I'm seeing, that is authentically part of the person that I'm seeing off the stage as well. Yeah. I mean, now granted, I'm not, <laughs> there's levels to it. I'm definitely probably a little more animated when it comes to performing. But again, that's just over the years of just a, an accrual of confidence that you've had within the craft and, and within, within the, the, the field that you're doing. And also, I mean, sometimes you know, when there, there, there's just motivations that, that you feel, um, especially when you're performing. Um, and, you know, I've been in some weird environments where I've done a show and I was the headliner and we did a sound check. This was recently, actually, this was like in Cleveland earlier this year. Um, we did a show and um, where we were supposed to do the show. And then I, we did the sound check. The opening acts had heard us. They were so envious. They played so deep into the sound check because there was a hard cutoff at a certain time. We didn't even get a chance to perform. Really? So, yeah, because they were like, oh, he's, they, they, they were that envious about what we were doing. And I've, I've learned over the years to um, take those moments and have them fuel me. So, I mean, you'd be surprised, but I mean, there's sometimes I'll do a show 
and, and there's always, you know, maybe there's an opening act or there's a band that have played before us and they're talking a lot. They're saying a lot of a lot. I don't know why they do that, but they just do it. And, you know, maybe it's a pride thing. I mean, some people are not like that. It's not in, all, it's not in every situation, but you, you can just hear chatter from some people. And so it just it gives you that extra energy. And um, it, it motivates me. It motivates me. It's like, it's like, it's like okay, all right, well, we got some ass kicking to do today. I mean, it's not a personal thing, but you made it personal now. So now I have to do it. So, yeah, <laughs> but it's fun. Though. It's, it's all in fun. Um, you know, it's never a competition per se, but, you know, like what did Michael Jordan say? It became personal for me. <laughs> a little bit of competition is good. I kind of like that too. I, I like when someone says, I can't do something. My first reaction is to be like, let me show you how well I can do it. It's just this like stubbornness in me where it's like you, you have, you've awoken the competitive spirit that's always there. Um, and so I, I don't know, there's something about that doubt. That's good. A little bit of doubt and a little bit of like the underdog status just helps you just push to the next level. Um, so what happened in Cleveland after they pushed too, too far, you didn't get to perform. What was the aftermath of that? The aftermath of that was we left and I mean, we still, they still paid us, but I mean, it it still was just a, it was a room. That was the first show that I was planning to do since everything had went viral. And um, now it wasn't part of my tour. It was just a a quick date that I was going to make a quick appearance at. And we had made a little pop-up promo, you know, thing on Instagram. So everybody knew I was going to be there. Um, People were there to see me and, that band did not like that because they were originally, I guess they're from Cleveland and uh, they didn't like that somebody that wasn't from their city was coming there. And especially me being from Akron, Ohio, for some reason uh, in Ohio, there's this love hate relationship between Cleveland, Ohio and Akron, Ohio. And so, you know, they didn't like what they were seeing, I guess, at soundcheck because it, it sounded good and they did, they were telling us it sounded good and everything, but then, I'm telling I'll never forget that when they did the the performance and the sound man was telling them, hey, guys, you guys got to cut. They looked at us, rolled their eyes and asked the crowd, you guys want to hear one more song? So they're playing to the crowd. At that point, man, I called it. I was like, guys, we're out of here. We all rolled out. And, you know, I actually had another appearance I had to do later on that night um, in Ohio. So I I was I had something else to do. Yeah, it's I guess it's frustrating because like you you had fans there to see you yeah 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 and there's nothing you can do in that moment really because i mean how I, like optically in that moment how, what were we gonna do was it run on the stage and take the mic from him like yeah you listen the man had a mic he so he had he had all the power in the world uh, in that moment but you know it is what it is we ended up going back doing another show in cleveland and uh it was really good it was really good the thing is, you'll remember that, and you'll be like, "Yeah, I remember what you did to me, like, yeah, unnecessary." And I think, like, and again, it's so weird. It comes from this place within of like negativity and fear of like someone doing a better job than me. So instead of exposing myself, I'm just not going to let that ever happen. But it's like, it, it, I don't know. It's just burning bridges for no reason. Absolutely. And it was unnecessary. Like you said, no reason at all. But you live and you learn and you realize that, you know, you wouldn't do they wouldn't have done that unless we were doing something pretty special. So 
um, like I said, it all worked out. I'm sure they're they're probably listen. We we I make a joke all the time. I'm like they probably are still playing as we speak. The event was like in May, but I think they're still on that stage giving a show, giving a show to somebody. I don't know who's listening. I think they've all left yeah. by now, but they better have. Yeah, just that one dude with a mic. I mean, it was a whole group of them, but I mean, honestly, none of them are relevant to me anymore. So it it just they just go through one. One mind and out the other. How are you feeling for 2023? Where at the back end of 2022, 2022 was a big year. A lot of things changed. How does Mm -hmm. that feel getting ready for the start of a new year and essentially more potential? Nervous, not going to lie, a little bit, um, just because you don't want to, now, I, the thing is, I walked into 2022 with no expectation. I didn't have any type of expectation at all that any anything was going to happen like this. Um, but now, 2023 is one of those years where it's like, let's let's go, let's try it. You know, let's let's bet on ourselves. Let's you know make a month trip in LA and and try out you know that Los Angeles lifestyle, or you know let's you know you know let's hire more people to where I don't have to do a lot of work and I can have more time to create, you know, let's release the album. Let's release the singles. Let's, um, let's work with the the artists, the A-listers, the B-listers, C-D-listers, whatever, you know, let's make it happen. And I think that's probably the theme. The theme is just, let's make it happen. Um, and you know, we got the platform, we got the infrastructure, we got the, the team, um, we got the talent. I mean, I got it's the most talented group of people I've ever worked with so far. So I'm like, let's not let's not sit around and do nothing. Let's you know, let's make some special things happen. So I hope to to build and, and continue to create content. Of course, I mean, I got mashups for for days, man. I got ideas of different things, and you know, all these different creative arrangements I do on Instagram. People like them, and um, you know, the tours. I want to continue that. Um, but I want to build that a little bit more, whether that means I got to open up for a bigger artist um, or do something like that. I want to do that for sure next year. Um, you know, management, I want to work on establishing a management team, an agency, um, you know, just a lot of different like internal in-house stuff that I want to start doing. Well, man, it sounds like an extremely exciting uh journey that you're on and it is an extremely exciting journey and i'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to do in 2023 because yeah i think definitely you've earned everything that you've earned up until now and now that we're starting to see some really amazing things happen for you i'm excited to see what the new things will start to happen as well because definitely just feels like you're continuing the ramp up you're not slowing down at all which is exactly what you should be doing and it's awesome to see and and the energy and the creativity and how inspired you are i'm sure continues to inspire a lot of people yeah i appreciate it man this is really fun i'm, I'm like this is one of the best uh interviews i've probably done in a long time not gonna lie so this is well man it's not over yet and i always appreciate it um uh-huh. i got one more question for you but it's okay it's the hardest question i'll probably ask i've asked you a couple of tough ones but if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once, cannot be your own music, can be any uh, genre of music, what would it be? It's a, so it can't be mine and it can't what? 
It can be any genre of music. Oh, it can be any genre of music. Oh boy. Um, any album. Can it be? It can be any album. You said okay. Any genre. Um, any genre. Okay. Well, I'm I'm a big fan right now of Blast. I think you know I like I like what Blast is doing with his music. Um, but I don't like that new album as much as I like. Uh, what is that dude's name? Oh God. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. Shoot. See, it's Dude, weird. We, yeah, you're, you're more than welcome to take out your Spotify. I've had people be like, I need to find the album of this. But it's weird because we talk about these albums so much. They obviously make an impact. And then as soon as you're asked, you're like, mind goes blank. I don't know any album. I don't know any artists. I've forgotten everything. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, all right. Well, I'm going to just have to mix that one because I, I, I'm i on my phone right now and Spotify, I don't want to do that right now. Dang. Oh, man. You know what? Dude, this is this is bad. This is bad because I was I was doing so well. We, we had a, it was a whole hour. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. I man, you're still doing, doing well. You're just showing that you're as human as, as the rest of us. Yeah. Oh my God. I just cannot remember that dude's name. That's gonna that's gonna bug me because as soon as I get off there, I'm gonna see it. Um Do you remember the album name? Oh, I know some of the songs though. It, um there's one song it's called I Still Love You. Um it, but it's spelled like I S L Y. And then there's another one. Oh my god, I'm just forgetting all these artists' names right now. I'm not gonna go down like this one. Like, hold up, Aaron. I gotta bring out the laptop. <laughs> We're doing this. We're doing this right now. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's see. Why well, I'm just gonna pop right up, and it is Kenyon Dixon. We Closer. got there. That's the album. We got there yeah. in the end. I love that. The we way you were like, <laughs> I'm not gonna go down like this. I can't. No, man. Never give up. Never give up. I love it. Well, well, man, yeah, as man. I said, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, as as I said at the start of the show, uh, not the usual type of artist that I have on the show, but it is awesome to see people like yourself doing really well, making significant impact, not only on the people that around you, but also on a broader audience. And I'm sure your music will have a broader reach. And, you know, in even 12 months we'll look back and we'll hopefully reconnect and and explore the things that you've done but i'm excited to see what you do over you know the next 12 24 10 20 years i think there is a lot of potential for for what you're doing both within music and outside and starting your own kind of business so man it's extremely inspiring um and for anyone who hasn't seen his documentary make sure you check it out kofi b music on youtube uh, make sure you subscribe also on Instagram as well. But man, is there anything else you wanted to shout out? Anything else you wanted to plug? Um, um, no, that's pretty much it. You got it. You got it. There you go. Jeez, I'm not so bad at, at, at doing this. Aaron, you're good, Aaron. I'm telling you, this is great. <laughs> this is great. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news also don't forget to check out my patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show bye for now